Warning, the following podcast may contain language that some listeners may find offensive or confusing or intriguing. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the 3v3 podcast, your socially distanced hockey chat show. Here are your hosts, Cassie, Pat, and Patrick. Eeny, meeny, miny, moe, which one wants to be the first to go? Pat asked the question. He needs to reiterate it. That's why we did it before. I mean, it's the most important thing that's happened after the first week. It's who's going to acquire Sonny Milano so he can't play in Washington? <laughs> Do you think somebody's going to grab him off waivers? I mean, by the no. time this com- by the time this comes out, it'll be obvious whether it has happened or not. So you in the future can listen back on this or actually you in the present as we are now in the past well no let's not get all mind bendy with the time thing okay <laughs> you don't want a little timey wimey bendy no uh-uh. no um <clears throat> i don't think any in in the prediction hindsight 2020 terminator timeline skewed future pasting here if anybody wanted him they could have signed him <laughs> so was this like the one time the whole waivers thing is actually going to benefit a player because goodness knows there's going to be room on the washington roster once he's up to speed for him oh god they need help uh, they need help but let's not feed him to the wolves right away Oh wait, I'm sorry. They're not affiliated. They're not affiliated with Chicago anymore. They're, they've been with Hershey for too long. That's that's the way of the NHL, though. Let's feed them to the wolves. Yeah, but no, they don't. No, they don't. Six minutes of ice time a night is not the wolves. Oh, god damn you! <laughs> oh, we were not going. Now I'm gonna. I'm, I'm going to give you five seconds in your head to come up with who's the player we're going to talk about. What? No, 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 no. We had a question at the end of the last episode that we need to address first. Why do oh, we... we're supposed to address things from the past? <laughs> I know, I know it's a concept. But, you know. Damn it, Pat. <laughs> You're just on fire today. <clears throat> no notes either. No show notes either. Oh, that's probably why. Yeah, I was going to say, maybe maybe no show notes is a good thing. Um, all right, so the question from the previous episode. I know it was like years ago, decades even, possibly millennia. Um, what do you think would happen if a team took a... If a Team took a player and played him the same amount of time in the regular season as in the preseason. One moment, please, while I look up Shane Wright's preseason numbers. Shut up. (laughs) So here's the funny thing. Um, And to answer your question, Cassie, um, they might actually put up half a point a game. Like a offensive forward might put up half a point a game. A defensive player might be able to get out of their own zone every once in a while. You're taking a bunch of players who are used to playing a lot over time. And as they advance their career ladder, they're expected to play less. Weird. Until they can play more. Um <laughs> So, so Patrick, now that now that Pat's answered his own question, we can move on to other things. <laughs> I'm about ready to throw the damn safe word in. <laughs> oh, you guys, just oh, love of God. It, I, I promised myself I wouldn't be fanboying over any team. Once I once I became a recovering habaholic in uh, or as I like to say in the 1900s, um, I promised myself I wasn't going to. And then I found myself entrapped, ensnared 
to entrap a local editor. Um, <clears throat> it always happens to us when we least expect it. <laughs> because they were gifted. It, it fell into their laps like some some unexpected monetary windfall. Right? You had some weird relative you didn't even know you were related to who was a multi-billionaire who died and, and all of a sudden you now are you know, as part of their distribution of their will and their assets, you've gained you know, like a billion dollars. That kind of gift just fell into their lap. And this is how they're treating their toy. It has every single hallmark of my boss says one thing doesn't mean I have to do it. You know? Boss said the kid, you know, because they interviewed Ron Francis and Ron Francis said pretty much he's going to be here all season. Dave and Hackstall went, yeah, okay, doesn't mean I have to play him. And Malicious compliance? No. Um, a, a, a friend of Pat's had quite possibly, well, he's sort of a friend of mine too, um, had quite possibly the single best take on the whole thing. Um, and it, it, it falls into the BDSM world that Ron Francis is, at, <laughs> is an absolutely submissive to his dominant head coaches. Mm. You know, he... he Mm -hmm. drafted Hayden Fleury in the expansion draft because he wanted Hayden to play and what did Haxtell do? Scratched him all the time and Ron kind of was getting off on that apparently. Um, I'm I'm still thrown by the Haxtell dominant (laughs) part. See, this uh, compared is why, to Francis, yes. This is why you hire people that have the same sort of vision for teams that you do rather than the best available coach at the time. That, well, Cassie, mm-hmm. it was nowhere near the best available coach at the time. Well, I, I know, but... <laughs> Um, you know, I, I like giving benefits of doubts. You know, it's it's kind of a crutch of mine. <laughs> and and that's 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 a that's a crutch I'm going to kick out from underneath your arm pretty soon. Um, <laughs> Someone needs to remember the analogies I kept using were the the generic store brand vanilla ice milk for Hackstall. Yeah, now you're seeing the downsides of buying generic store brand ice milk ice cream type stuff not only does he refuse to play him he can't even get the guys playing he has on his roster to go in the same direction (laughs) i tried so hard to look for positives game one sloppy Game two, actually not a bad performance, but they won a game because they didn't make as many mistakes as the other team. And then 15 seconds into game three, it's just like... 12. Okay, I, I, I didn't want to cut them that. No, no. no. Okay, I will cut them at the ankles and not at Thank the you. knees. Thank you. Fair enough. Just... Oh, boy. Now, Vegas is going to be a... I don't want to use the J word that everyone freaks out about. Um, Jinx? Well, no, that would just be fun. I would love that. That's true. Um, No, they're probably going to win the division, in all honesty. That's a tough needle to thread. You got every single person currently on that roster has to play 82 games, Pat. And you know what? 
so do the players on the Edmonton Oilers and Calgary Flames. And I'm not sure that's going to happen for one team. Oh, okay. That's (laughs) not 82 games with each against each other, but yeah. But that would be fun, wouldn't it? No, it would. It would. It would be like an 18 inning playoff baseball game after a while. (laughs) Which, to my point last night in our group chat, I mean, Shane Wright was available to pitch or hit. It is only two miles between the arena and the stadium, I have to say. <laughs> I think Bernier's had Bernier's right. had a better arm though. Probably has a better yeah, arm. Yeah, but he's um um playing. Oh, I don't know. Playing and oh, who's who's their leading scorer at the moment? If it's a guy who plays 18 minutes a night. You know who hasn't recorded a point? The guy who played one game and played for six minutes. Hmm. Weird. Fancy that. Chuck, I think maybe two face-offs. And if my recollection is also correct, did not see the ice for the entirety of the third period when the collapse happened. In that so was it his fault? <laughs> so this, silver linings. <laughs> so well, this 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 goes back to my uh, um, uh, assertion that he he um, that Haxtell is trying to save his schedule B or schedule A performance bonuses, where plus minus is actually um, a, a bonusable attribute. So on his ELC, he could have a stat for plus minus. Um, and I, I believe that Haxtell is playing four-dimensional checkers and, and trying to make sure that he um, attains that by making sure that he's not on the ice when they get scored on constantly. And that Which, once again, makes his boss's job a bigger pain in the butt. Because, in all likelihood, Beneers is going to hit his bonuses... And then they have a cap coverage for next year. And they gracefully dance into the fun world that the Vegas Golden Knights are in now, which a year ago you thought they'd be able to avoid. I didn't. (laughs) I didn't think they could win it. I think the difference here, Pat, is Vegas went out and bought the most expensive toys that they could. Seattle's got just a bunch of, you know, it's it's like you've got a two-car garage and Vegas went out and bought, you know, a, a, an original H1 Hummer that you could barely fit in a four-car garage. And Seattle went out and bought two big, huge Cadillac Escalades that barely fit into the garage, but you can't get in or out of the cars. You still have the two cars. You just can't drive either one of them. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. You still have the cars. It's just that somebody refuses to drive those cars. You know, if you're coaching to, like, protect the cap and not coach, making your coaching decisions to protect the cap and not coaching decisions to win, that's kind of a problem. He's he's not that smart, Cassie. I didn't think so. <laughs> Most that's, of them aren't. <laughs> that's that's why I said he's playing 40 checkers. Yeah. <laughs> you know, really simplistic game. Um, and adding another dimension to checkers doesn't time. make it more complicated. Um, You're just adding time. That's all. Which checkers <laughs> is already any any minutes, but playing checkers is a minute too long. Um, I don't know. I just swear to God, I don't know what the hell he's doing. Clearly, he doesn't even. Oh, I think I know. He has clearly drafted Carson Kuhlman in every fantasy league he's in. Right? Are you scratching your heads over (laughs) who is Carson Kuhlman? He's the player who's been in the lineup for three games. And you've never heard of him before. 
And then there's the whole Tanev having more ice time than Eberly, but that's a that's a different story for a future episode. <laughs> so that's one of those things you're telling me where somebody should walk into the locker room, take him, take Hacksaw by the shoulders, and shake him. Like, what the fuck are you doing? I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay, Cassie. I was actually thinking of of putting like a. Uh, I think I'll still do it. Um, the following podcast may contain language that some viewers may find offensive. Please or enjoy immensely. <laughs> or, or enjoy. It may, may contain language that some listeners may find offensive. Or other listeners may revel in watching people's heads explode. <laughs> Don't get me licensed to start swearing because I won't stop. <laughs> So that just makes us a hockey podcast then? Uh, yeah. yeah, I guess you so, know, yeah. It was, yeah, it does, because even on 32 Thoughts, they've allowed some bombs to come in from the players. That thought was and funny. the hosts a little bit. A little bit, yeah. Like, in, yeah, it's kind of nice. All right. So, so, let, I, so let's I, have a little fun now. Okay, let me close the door on the whole... You got a really sweet gift dropped in your lap and you were not doing diddly with it. From the sound of hockey, who are at today's practice, Eberly Bernier, or Beignets, because his nickname is now Matty Beignets, Burakovsky, McCann Wright Gord, Kuhlman Wenberg Bjorkstan, Donato Geeky Sprong. Um, I. I, we're running lines today with Shane Wright, second line center. Now, after Dave Haxtell's word salad yesterday about why Shane Wright wasn't playing in the home opener, I get this, that, that kind of has the feeling of you got a memo from Ron type thing. So you're running, you know, you got a memo from Ron. He'd like to see the kid play, you know, get ice time and practice in a position that he's probably suited for. And after your last two performances, Sunshine, you know, for the last three games, really, after your last three games, how about we try this, okay? So, this again, it's practice, practice lines or whatever, but... Apparently, Haxall is not a an NFL, an NFL fan because he apparently has not paid any attention to how Pete Carroll is treated in the media about his coaching decisions. <laughs> uh, okay, Pat. I'm well, sorry. that makes two of us. <laughs> it's it, If you're not a Seahawks fan, it's highly entertaining. <laughs> if you're a Seahawks fan... You probably don't have any teeth left to grind. <laughs> I talk about the ultimate. He gets away with whatever he wants because he's won one. Mm-hmm. Thus carrying on a very, very long and storied tradition of Seattle sports. Professional sports franchises that aren't women's. Or soccer. You know, women, women's never get a pass. Come on. No, no. The, the, all they yeah, they, they also bring home the hardware. That's what I'm saying. Right, that's, but they still the never Seattle. get a pass, even if they bring home the hardware. That's what they, I'm saying. They never get a parade either, which pisses me off to no end. Actually, no, that's not true. They did give the, the storm a couple of parades. <sighs> anyway, so I will not close the door on Shane Wright. Pat, you may feel free now to broach the next subject, which is about to make my head explode, I'm assuming. <laughs> I know this question, the answer to this question from one side, but if you were the Seattle Kraken, would you trade Hackstall for Lindy Ruff one for one today? Yes. How long, how long are their contracts? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Uh, yes, fired. I would. Yes, anyway. That's, yeah. <laughs> Yes. I don't want to f- wish ill will on uh, the New Jersey fan base, but holy cow, they just need to do something for the sake of doing something. Yeah. I don't and I feel like 
I feel like Ruff would be the better defensively inclined coach for Seattle at this point. I think any coach that had a modicum of success at the NHL level would be a better coach than Hackstall right now. Wait. DeBoer? Yes. First year, I guess, yep. right? Yep. Okay. Okay. Cassie? Mm. Vino? Mm. Terry? Mm. I said yes. modicum of success. Yeah. I have set the bar on the floor. <laughs> and I'm about ready to embed it in the floor to make sure that. <laughs> Someone will find a way to trip over it. Don't worry. Yeah, Fall flat I, on their face. I, I know. And, uh, <laughs> and again, in the long story tradition of Seattle sports franchises, it would be the Seattle sports franchise that found a way to trip over a bar that was submerged into a floor cooking it yeah really really they're really starting to get verging on cooking it hey but the coachella valley live in-game update from the future we're the past coachella valley is up four to one in their first game ever where are they they're playing on the road right yeah, of course, yeah. So, um, in Calgary, Hockey. actually, in an NHL rink. Calgary. Man, are they getting spoiled early on? Uh, so now, Seattle sports, Seattle uh, hockey fans may now start the. This guy needs to be called up. From from the Firebirds stuff. Hmm. This guy's not playing well in the Kraken. This dude should be called up from the, the Firebirds. So, Cole Lind it will be the number one, I believe, number one player uttered out. He should be called up. And Ahead of Joey Decord, you say? Uh, yeah, because Decord, I think, would have to clear waivers to go back down. Unless it's an emergency. Which, given the way that Martin Jones and Phil Bauer been playing that might actually be define emergency. <laughs> Who is it that had the infamous post game quote of just need to make an F and save? I don't remember. Oh, was that a Torx quote? I've, it it was torts in reference to John Graham because I just heard this uttered yeah, on a different hockey podcast. It's nice to be in season. Now we get to steal some content for a change. Yes. Jackie's. Mm. No, not Jackie. And now we wait for tomorrow's 31 thoughts and get angry again. Um. <laughs> Give credit. So, give credit. Seriously, credit content creators, even porn sites do it for crying out loud. Um, you you don't you just don't use an HT on an image. You link to the thing. Yeah. Thank you. Um, just to clarify, not that I would have firsthand knowledge knowing what porn sites do, but porn as an industry really tends to. Okay, I'm gonna shut up before <laughs> Patrick dig up. Just, just dig up. Hey, there's no judgment here. It's like no, uh, no kink it's shame. Yep. Um, I think I've uncovered a plot, a scheme. If, if, if I dare use the word, I have, I have uncovered the true reason the Arizona Coyotes decided to play their games at ASU Stadium. So they, they can have a free band? No, 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 no. <laughs> Seattle Kraken unleashed the, whatever they're calling their band, I forgot what it is. Um, something red, they just love tying everything in with red, even though there's very little red outside of it. Anyway, um, no, I have, I have, I believe I have uncovered in, in very much a, a Woodward and Bernsteinian style, Arizona's tr 
true machinations for playing at ASU. Do tell. That is so. One Connor Bedard would be better acclimated to playing in the NHL. He is playing in the WHL, which seats with various arenas, seat <clears throat> slightly more, but are always sold out. So he's used to playing. He's most comfortable, given his stat lines, apparently, he's most comfortable playing in front of these smaller crowds. They are trying to in, not entice him because it's like they can sign him. They are trying to ensure a stable, nurturing, comfortable environment for him for at least 41 games. I'm sorry, but you're talking about the NHL? <laughs> I, I comfortable? Am. Nurturing? I, I, I don't am. think so. <laughs> no. It happens on occasion, Cassie. Mm. But then the person who does it gets fired because, well, there's 20 other guys that they can pick from. And you chose the right term, guys. Um, <clears throat> mm-hmm. I, sw- I swear that's why they're doing it. That's why they did it. Mm-hmm. They looked and said, he's playing in the dub. Most dub arenas seat seven, ten thousand. There's a few here and there. Ob- you know, obviously, there are some that play in, in, in NHL-sized arenas. Um, but it's a closed, comfortable environment for him to grow and, and mature in and, and, and flourish, dare I say. It's It's better locker room accommodations. It's all the perks of being in the NHL with all of the benefits of being in the dub. He's not a good old Ontario boy. I don't buy it. That's what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, I spent too much time this morning re- literally reading through the um, CBA and the memorandum of understanding between the NHLPA and the NHL and just shaking my head. And, of course, because of the massive amount of inanity in that document, I just said, hey, this has to be why Arizona is doing this. So should they get the first overall draft pick with their 25% chance? He's going to step right into a very comfortable arena. I stand by that, at least until I regain my sanity. <clears throat> Can't believe you said all of that with a straight face. <laughs> Shouldn't burst out laughing halfway through. Good for you. Kudos. Well, I'm trying my best to understand conspiracy theorists, so... Mm. Cassie, I didn't hear you refute any of it. Pat's gone awfully quiet, too. (laughs) Silence. Do they have the new arena deal finalized? Once they do, I will agree 100%. For now, I'm a little skeptical. What if I told you the new arena deal was contingent on them drafting Connor Bernard? Now you're talking. Everyone's just waiting. Okay, we're hanging out, chilling. We get the first overall pick. We draft. We draft Connor Bedard. He gets a. He gets a couple more years to play in a really comfortable new arena. He gets to build up and you know be, become you know, become the NHL player that he should. And then you know, when we draft him, then the arena deal goes through. They start construction. He's still playing five arena for a couple years and then just as he's ready to to make david his way across the league fully boom he's in a new arena so so now wait a second who's who's the coach in in arizona currently doesn't matter because they won't be the coach when connor bedard's there so they have stall right if you want play shane right shush <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 
I mean, it's a coach from the queue, so they favor offensive players. Uh, yeah, Patrick's right. He won't be there, but but I must say from the videos that I saw, the new arena does look cozy. Does look nice. Same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I don't think so. But it, it's a nice story. Thank you for sharing. I, I am, you know, Cassie, I'm used to doubters. Mm-hmm. And and I'm generally proven right in the end. So, mm-hmm. you know. No, I'm still, like, my brain's still stuck on, wait, NHL teams nurturing. NHL well, teams developing players and holding on to them. Yeah, no, I, it's just, no, it's too foreign. I can't, I can't wrap my brain around that. Sorry. Ladies and gentlemen, I have a live in-game update. From the PWHPA? No. Mainly because I think they're in between games at the moment. But the Coachella Valley Thunderbirds have chased their first goalie of the season. It's a it's a franchise first. The first time they've ever experienced something like this. Well, everything they do right now is a franchise first. So. <laughs> oh wait, did I take the shine off of that too? <laughs> Sorry. Well, here's my problem with what they just did. They chased Dustin Wolf, former Everett Silvertips, baby bearers as we like to call them. They chased mm. Dustin Wolf. That's not being nice to to either him, neither him nor his billet family, who are up in Everett, who are lovely people. I'm, I don't know who they are. Um, that's not good for him. They shouldn't be doing that. It's mean. It really is. What's even more mean is they put Oscar Danskin. Um, <clears throat> so... Yeah, nurturing. Yeah, no, Cassie, <laughs> again, having read the entirety of the uh, <laughs> the CBA there, um, the funniest thing I found, literally the funniest thing I found, is, um, you know, there's, there's pages upon pages and upon pages and subsections upon subsections for hotel accommodations, for player transfers, for reimbursements, for salaries obviously um for all of those kind of things and there is literally and i'm trying to find it right now because i want to find the exact verbiage so hold please vamp (laughs) Um, you need some music why aren't you why aren't you playing My typical hold music is something we probably don't have the rights to play, so. Uh, Lady of Spain? Uh, No, actually. I'm not that on the nose. The Girl from Ipanema is always a good one, too. Uh, See, I I am somewhat on the nose, just not Uh Lady of Spain on the nose. Um, Article 29. Continuing Education and Career Counseling. There is a section in the the collective bargaining agreement for continuing education and career counseling. If I could spell. God, it's just, I hate, sometimes I really hate PDF searches. Um, as, as I've, okay, now let me re- reestablish the joke now that I'm sitting at this page. So page upon page, you know, for, for spousal airfare coverage and rights to um, tickets for players to, you know, give away to family and those kinds of things and pursuant to per diems and, and tax structures and all of these kinds of things. <clears throat> Continuing education and career counseling is barely a paragraph on his own page. The league and the NHLPA shall work together on developing and improving career counseling and continuing education along the same lines as the Life After Hockey program. 
programs of this kind shall be funded on the expanded mandate of the NHL Players Emergency Fund as directed by the joint board that will oversee the administration of that fund. That is it. That's it. You have read the entirety, you have just heard the entirety of Article 29, Continuing Education and Career Counseling. This is what they think of their players outside of the 15 pages about pension and trying to rein in who does and does not get pension, they don't care. Mm -hmm. That sounds about right. And, and I notice it's, it's, they're working on, so they actually don't have a thing on it at all. It's just a placeholder. Shall, shall work together on developing and improving, Cassie, and improving. So something's there, something they feel that should be improved on. Mm -hmm. It's just. <laughs> yeah, but no reference to the document in which that that thing that should be improved upon is. In. Correct. It's Correct. just very general. So. Disclaimer, uh, I have been a government contractor and I worked heavily with uh, lots of uh contracting documents regulations and um such and so as saying that since so saying that um that is basically nothing <laughs> what what patrick just read right there was essentially we have nothing this is just to make us look like we have something and um good luck <laughs> That's yep. it. Um, did you know that failing to report revenue generated from a mascot appearance is circumvention of, um, it's considered circumvention of the HRR agreement? Not surprising. Of course it is. All about money. That's it. Nothing else. Mm -hmm. Screw people's well-being and emotional stability and mental health and physical health. And who cares about any of that? Players are disposable like Kleenex. We can find others to replace them. Mm -hmm. It's all about, yeah, we just want to make sure we get our money and you guys get less of it. And both sides are of that opinion. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But the NHL has more clout and more better lawyers, so they end up with more of it anyway. Or the owners do, anyhow. Now, that being said, Cassie, I am looking at two, four, six, eight, ten, eleven pages on medical. What's, it, what's the heading called? Blair Medical and Health. Quality of care standards, staff's requ staff requirements, and not just staff requirements, but also facility requirements, mm -hmm. right down to how long, <laughs> how long the exam tables should be able to remain functional. <laughs> the number of pads and how long they should be. Oh, it's just mind-boggling. And yet, none of that is what kind of care the players themselves should get. No, no, there's plenty of that in there too, Cassie. Oh, is there? Oh, you bet. Mm. Oh, they ha they have a panel for joint health issues specifically. Mm-hmm. You heard me correct. Yes. <laughs> a panel. They do. They have they have a panel of doctors. Just the best they have a panel of doctors that there's a health and safety committee and there are subcommittees for concussions emrs medical records playing environment playing equipment medical standards and they have a joint health and safety committee a joint advisory that is constituted to make recommendations for considerations just all the legalese is awesome Regarded to all issues related to player health regarding the safety of the player, the playing environment. Now, I said joint health and safety committee mockingly, you know, like they had one just for knees. Um, 
they have to work in partnership with each other to reasonably determine safety and health of players. Yeah, see that that keyword reasonably. Mm -hmm. That's that's the out clause. Oh yeah, it does a lot of lifting, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh man, God, I hate when I do that. There we go. Um, I'm gonna shut this damn thing because my head will continue to explode if I don't look <laughs> up anymore. So earlier this week, I actually did a thought experiment with myself, which is always a dangerous thing. But I, I wondered, what current NHL player upon retirement would go to law school? Haven't a couple of them done that? Yeah, but then they don't come back in, into the game. Because probably good reason. <laughs> yeah, there's not enough money to be made. Or, or they just are so disgusted with everything they don't want to deal with it. Yeah, but once they go to law school and look at and look at everything that they in you know what was in their contracts for, especially if they go into contract law, and look at what the actual law has to say. <laughs> I'm surprised the NHL isn't sued more. Because you know, I, I I had the thought experiment of what what's a what player would get into law. So they could actually start working for the league offense because that's the, unless you're a lawyer, you're not going to run this ship. And then I tried to think of Sidney Crosby going to law school. Well, first going to undergrad because CHL, hello. Um, why is that such a big system of importing players? I wonder. Anyway, um, <clears throat> I tried to imagine him in a law school and my mind just went to this is a 30 minute CBC drama one day <laughs> or comedy, really comedy dramedy. If it's 30 minutes, it has to, it has to end it or why. No, oh, I've no. seen Sidney Crosby play. He is, does not have the temperament to become a lawyer. <laughs> and that's why it'd make a fun sitcom with dramatic elements. And then I wondered to myself, Average hyper-chicken lawyer. Should Pat Prisad be the next commissioner? Why does that fill me with dread all of a sudden? <laughs> it fills me more with angst. Which I guess is a form of dread. Yeah. So it's just the, I the will not, Yeah, I would never suggest Alan Walsh because he would be the agent everyone points to and says he has all these ideas on how to change things and do things differently and he's very pro player. He would never do anything like that. But Peppery Son, always rumored for a general manager gig here or there, working for this huge creative artist agency, something involved in the entertainment business. And I do have that moment of dread, like, ugh. No, you know, blah. you know, who would have, <laughs> this can either go really well or really very poorly. Igor Larianov. Who's also a player. I'm, I, I'm listening. <laughs> the professor. Do you, do you have a newsletter I could subscribe to? I find your <laughs> ideas very interesting. I could make one up for you if you would like. <laughs> I will mm. click like and subscribe <laughs> on its uh, distribution. I don't know. Do, do people want a, a Soviet-era uh, former hockey player to be in charge of the NHL? Who <laughs> is probably the furthest away from the Soviet-era hockey mentality. Uh, oh, I know. Huh? I know. I mean, and especially looking at his son and his son's tweets, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have his son as an advisor if he doesn't make it to the NHL? 
Oh, he'll make it to the NHL. If it's not as a player, he's he'll have a job. I don't know because he's got kind of, I mean, a lot of things I agree with, don't get me wrong, but he has kind of a big mouth on Twitter and, you know, how hockey hates that. Yeah, Jeremy Roenick was employed in TV for years and years and years. Yeah. Until his it, big mouth did get him in trouble for good reason. <gasps> I think I just figured it out. Bubbleberry? No, wait. What? <laughs> No, 42. Um, that's why Jeremy Roenick's shoes look like they do because they're constantly at the at the toes because they're constantly in his mouth. Oh, he nice segue. Uh, <laughs> Which is why I think, mm-hmm. and I've refused to say his name, player on the Colorado Avalanche's shoes look that way too. Constantly yeah, in yeah, his no, mouth. he plays for Calgary now. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's right. Oh. Calgary. Oh. Calgary. Yeah, that was quite possibly the most god-awful look I had seen on any professional athlete. And I'm I'm talking about some of the NFL players that come out looking like they just got off the stage at a Vegas topless show with feathers and crap everywhere. And I mean, even Dennis Rodman had better looks when he was trying to be ugly than that whole thing. Oh, dear God. And Cassie, please reiterate your point about high waters. Oh, so being a a tall woman and having long legs because I am tall, I have always found that the Pants that are between your knee and um, above your ankle make your legs look short. And let's be honest, both men and women, long legs are attractive on on either gender or all genders, I guess. Uh, And so, yeah, I thought you wanted my other point, which was in women's fashion, at least, if you're wearing high waters, it's to highlight your shoes. Mm -hmm. No, I want both your points. Oh, okay. And if you're if you're lots of ankle short pants, you're highlighting your shoes. And if you don't bother to take care of your shoes, you're not polishing them and cleaning them and making them all pretty. Why are you trying to show them off? You know, they don't have to be expensive shoes. They just have to be well taken care of. A well taken care of shoe can outshine an expensive shoe that is not well taken care of. Well, I mean, yeah, that's the same with suits, right? It's like a an ill-fitting, expensive suit is going to look worse on anyone than a, a cheap suit that has been nicely tailored to somebody. So, boy, you just hit all the nails on the head on that outfit, didn't you? And for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, every team um, for their home openers has been posting pictures of players on the red carpet or players approaching the red carpet. Some carry that that tradition through to when they go on road trips or sometimes, you know, when they're entering the arena. The Calgary Flames tweeted out please someone else say his name I refuse to. Um, Zadora. Guy who goes boom. Yeah. Hey. Alright. Yeah. Wearing, Zadora. <laughs> what could best be described as a suit I'm, nah, I'm not I'm not knocking the color or the pattern. I'm not. I'm not. I don't mind the flair. I don't mind that it looked like one of those multi-flavored striped hard candies that used to be around when I was a kid. I don't think they are anymore because they were killing people, killing people's teeth because they were so hard and just sugar. But they had like the multiple flavors of the the raspberry. The ribbon candies. Yeah, kind of like the ribbon. Thank you. The ribbon candies. No, no, no. I don't have any problem with that at all. It is the severely tapered mid-calf length pants with the circa 70s, 80 era Soviet wait in line for hours 
to get shoes that are too small that have to light tan leatherish things that have to last you 30 years because the allotment doesn't come around again for your number till then so I have another disclaimer is that I, when I was younger, worked for a tuxedo place. So I all know, I know all about the fit for men's clothing. <laughs> you worked at the tuck shop? I, not specifically at the tuck shop, but something like that, yes. Huh. Uh, and so while I am not like a fashionista, I tend to wear classic, simple clothes. I'm a jeans and t-shirts kind of girl, but I can, when I clean up, I, I tend to wear simple classic stuff because I don't like shopping and like clothes shopping. And that's because my dad did and I didn't because he did, you know how that works anyway. And so, um, I like to wear things I can wear multiple years and not have to worry if they're out of style so much rather than having to like get things every year. So I don't have to go shopping as often. Anyway, um, but I know men's, I, I still keep track of the runway stuff because I find it interesting. And um, let me tell you, this fall, men's fashion is trending more towards the baggy. So many yeah. NHLers are kind of starting to get out of fashion, three-piece suits. Uh, if you're going to wear fitted clothes, then it's straight leg pants down to the ankle with socks or to one inch above the floor at the heel. You know, listen, that listen sort of her. thing. Listen to huh? her. She says she doesn't pay attention to this <laughs> stuff and we're not getting, we're not getting. I know, I like, do pay attention. I just don't, I, I'm just not like fanatical about it with myself. <laughs> well, I'm, uh, let me, let me pull up the memorandum of understanding because I think you're describing a section in here. Oh, no, wait, that's rank dimensions. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, no, I, if, if, if anyone wants, you know, if any man wants any, like, you know, fashion you know, advice, let me know. I'll give it to him, whether good or bad or indifferent. Depends on your taste. But, you know, there you go. <laughs> so, anyway, pinstripes are out. Plaid is in. And uh, you could probably get away with... Uh, uh, Oh, I can't even think of what that's called now. Never mind. So, <laughs> so yeah, three-piece suits, trending in a more baggy nineteen or late eighties, nineteen early nineteen nineties kind of baggy. I didn't see any like a lot of double-breasted seems to be a thing right now with some NHLers. I didn't really see a lot of that on the runways though, so I don't know. Don't know where they're getting that. <laughs> That's probably out of fashion by now. So um, there you go. Now, now continue your your critique. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm, there's there's nothing left to critique. I mean, just I was just taking notes for myself, realizing maybe I don't have to get new clothes for my wardrobe after all. Ah, see, there you go. Perfectly fine no. to dress very classic. You know, nice simple lines and basic colors and stuff. There's nothing wrong with that. That's what I do. Just make sure that if you have something that's fitted, that it can be taken out when the fashion changes so you don't have to buy something else. <laughs> so here's the thing though, is most of these guys are just fashion dolls to somebody, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, but not the right people. As I said in one of my comments about this, that whole effectively sort of pseudo capri pant look for men has been, it's like fetch. They have tried to make it happen for like 40 years in fashion. Mm -hmm. And I have seen business shorts catch on, but the, the, fetchness of the the male capri pant high water is just never going to go there soccer players have warm-up pants that are kind of three-quarter length but you can do joggers like that and you yeah, can't jogger. do like business suits like that no. no no the summers are just oh 
an untapped resource of potential content gold. <laughs> I am one who likes to watch certain types of reality shows that are about actually improving people and like uplifting good people and doing makeovers for deserving people. So, okay, I'm, I'm venturing away from the NHL audience here a little bit, but I have long wanted to see a makeover show where, uh, with the uh, loosening of the dress code in the NHL, I'd like to see a person like a Tan France dress some of these players for certain road, sh- uh, road trips or just come up with a line of clothes for various red carpet games like your hockey nights in Canada's your all-star appearances what have you I want to see Zadorov well one I want to see someone an actual like fashion expert contribute to those um best dress columns mm-hmm. that we started to see over the past few years like I'd love to see Sarah Sivian talk with a few different like get a different fashion person maybe it's just on social media but someone who's well known in you know designing or helping craft a wardrobe work with a different player after they get critiqued i think that would be fantastic i think the problem with having someone that works in design is is you're going to see them love what zadorov is doing because again the designers are the ones who have been trying to foist these things upon us last 40 years yeah so here's the thing with like high fashion like runway fashion generally speaking is it's fantasy like so many like so many things the the people consume as entertainment it's fantasy right it's 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 flight of fancy where you hope that you you show off the whimsy right it's art yeah it's it's art through material is and, and you're using a body male female other uh you know to show that off and that's why there's a certain type of body shape for every kind of like designer and model you know and and how it's totally unrealistic for like real life in a lot of ways at least the body type is um but you know one good rule of thumb is if it looks bad on the model, don't buy it. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. if it looks good on that, it's supposed to look good on them. And if it doesn't, it's not going to look good on you. So don't do it. Oh, I don't uh, think anything look good. What are you kidding? I, I, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm wearing joggers and a t-shirt, okay? <laughs> with, a, with a body like mine, you know, that pear shape, I make anything look good. Uh, yeah, well, there you go. Body by Microsoft, man. I, I make any <laughs> I make any black T-shirt and cargo shirts look good. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, you know, there's, there's, you have to look at like runway fashion with a grain of salt because yeah, I, but I, I'm not I, even talking runway fashion. I'm right, talking the type the of fashion that yeah. Okay. That's the thing is if you're getting a if you're getting a fashion expert in on these things, they're going to be leaning heavily towards runway fashion. I would lean more towards the people that develop their own lines of clothing. Yeah. Okay. So here's <laughs> here's a problem with with designers in general. Designers um, pick a size that they think shows off their designs the best, and then they scale up from there. So like. On the women's side, it's usually a size zero or a size two, which is completely unrealistic since I think the average size in America for women is like a 14. So it, they, so the, their view of fashion is distorted by the body type that they feel is the most attractive. They go by the surfboard. Um, but- Queer eye for the hockey guy. Yes, that would be better. That's that's kind of where I was going. That's why I alluded to Tan France. Mm-hmm. Like I would love to see them work with Brent Burns and not chop off the beard. Let's manicure it just a little bit. I don't know. 
I, okay, then how about this? No, no, I think I, I think they'd fall. I think they'd fall in love with it because of the aesthetic. Uh huh. I think they'd work on and then up we... a couple other things, but I don't think they'd. I don't think they'd sculpt that thing. I think they'd leave it be because with that big gappy grin. See, see, you're 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 picking the guys, Pat, that actually have fashion sense. May not be the fashion sense that a lot of people like, but they actually have their own distinct style and they they stick with that. Whether other people agree with it or not, it's another story. Now you have to go for the guys who are very bland and pick everything like everybody else does. The the copycats who don't know fashion, they just do what everybody in their locker room is doing. Then episode one, there is there's no other choice then. It has to be Philip J. Kessel. This has been the 3B3 Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at 3B3 Podcast. We're available for NHL consulting at reasonable fees.